Confused by finances, investing, estate and retirement planning? Well, we went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and with Kathy and Norma. Welcome to Finances and Credit Cards. We went to school so you don't have to. I'm Norma and I'm here with Kathy. Today we wanted to talk about credit cards, their history, and the benefits and warnings of using them. So credit cards actually were originated as a bank issued card in 1946 by a Brooklyn banker. And it was actually called the charge it card. And it was associated to his bank where the bank was basically the middleman and they reimbursed the merchant and obtained payment for their customer. So after this in 1950, the Diners Club card was actually debuted and it actually started because there was a gentleman by the name of Frank McNamara who forgot his wallet at a business dinner at New York's Majors Cabin Grill. And sometime after that, he and his partner, Robert Schneider, went back to the restaurant and gave them a proposal, submitted a proposal for this Diners Club card. At the end of 1951, this particular card had over 20,000 cardholders. It wasn't until about seven years later that American Express decided to actually beat Diners Club to the punch of a travel charge card. So credit cards have you know, been in existence for some time, but they definitely have you know, their benefits and you know, their pitfalls that we need to be really careful about. Did you know that single women were not allowed to get a credit card until 1974? I guess they weren't trustworthy enough for that. So what's the benefits of having a credit card? It's going to help you build credit if you are new to getting credit or if you're recovering, maybe you had to file bankruptcy. And so you need to try and build your credit up again. You could, by using your credit card, earn rewards so that you could have points to use or miles to use because you're going to spend on it anyway. You would have money available to you in an emergency by having a credit card. If you had to fix your car, you would at least be able to do something like that. And it also allows you to hold a rental car or a room so that you can. It also offers any fraud protection if you use it versus using your debit card, which is immediately taken out of your account. And this way, if there's any anything you're going to dispute, they would help you with that. When you get your credit card bill in the mail... They're pretty standard for the most part. You're going to have your account number. You're going to have your closing statement date, which is basically the day they cut off the purchases. So anything after that particular date will be on your next statement. You're going to have your credit line and your available credit. So what's left that can be used. Your previous balance will be listed. Any payments that you've made, any credits such as refunds from merchants, and any finance charges. So if there was any interest that particular month, it'll be listed there. And then you'll have your new balance. They'll also have for that a minimum payment amount and a minimum payment due date. So that's when you have to pay that payment before they'll assess late charges or you know consider you late. They'll also have your rate information. So basically, if you've made purchases or you've gotten a cash advance, you're likely subjected to two different interest rates. So there's a little box on one of those pages that'll show how much you've spent in purchases and is associated with a particular weight rate. 
and how much you've had in cash advances associated with a different particular rate. And also if you have maybe any offers that have a lower rate, so it'll break it down in this box and you'll know exactly how much of a balance you have towards each of those rates. And then of course your transactions for that period. So anything that you've done, anything you've bought, any, you know, any holds or anything like that, where there's, you know, money associated with your card will be listed on there. So this is what you want to check just for any potential fraudulent purchases or maybe, you know, errors in, in charges from a particular merchant. That's a good point that your cash advance might be a different rate for, from any balance transfers that you have and might be any different rate from any purchases that you have as well. One of the other things that is recent to be added to our uh, credit card statements is something called a Schumer box. It was named after the New York congressman at the time, who he is now a senator. And this was put in place to help simplify our credit card terms and help the consumer, us, compare rates easily and then try and understand what's being charged to us. Instead of just a whole bunch of numbers, there's some more information that's listed there. So the first thing that's listed is your APR, and that stands for your annual percentage rate. And that's telling you how much interest is going to be charged or that you're going to be um, on any credit card balance that you leave over that you have unpaid, which could include introductory rates they might have offered you, or it could be a long-term rate that you have, but that's going to be uh, available to you. So you see what is your percentage rate. There could be other percentage rates, exactly like Norma said, Balance transfers, cash advances, and defaults might also be listed at a different rate. There also could be a variable interest rate, variable just meaning that it can change and it will tell you how your rate changes. Maybe it changes at the end of a month. Maybe it changes after a certain dollar amount. There's a grace period listed there, and that's the period of time that you will not be charged interest. This is a tricky thing. You will not get a grace period if you've not paid it in full. But if you're paying off your bill every month in full, and this does not include cash advances, it's just if you've used the credit card to make a purchase, you will have about 21 days because they have to, by law, mail out your credit card statement 21 days before the due date. So you don't have to pay it at that moment. You could wait for those 21 days. So it's almost like having a three-week loan before you make that payment. So you can be like family of mine. They don't even wait for a credit card bill. They pay it as soon as they know they owe something on it. Or you could be like myself who says, oh, it's due the 14th. I'll make sure that it's there by the 12th. But you have that three-week period to make a decision about being able to pay it or not. The next thing they're going to show you is how they're calculating your APR And what they do is they say, if you have an APR of 20%, they divide that by 365. And then they actually charge you per day. So they're not waiting till the end of the month, but they would charge you it per day. So it would have a fraction of that 20% number they're charging it against. If you have a finance charge, or in other words, you did not pay your bill on time, there'll be a minimum amount that you have to pay. And that that could be changed from month to month, whatever your minimum is. It will show you the annual fee if there is an annual fee and then any other kinds of fees. You might pay a fee if you have some sort of foreign transaction. Again, the balance transfers or the cash advances or any late payments might also cause those fees. There are obviously, you know, there's advantages to having the credit card, but there's also warnings. And the the one thing that comes to mind, and I've, I've there's a commercial that used to be on some years ago and me and my ex-husband used to laugh about it a lot. It was a guy and he had a lot of stuff and he lived in a big old house and just 
lots of stuff. And I think he was having a barbecue or something. And they said, oh, you know, how do you have all this? And he looked at them and he said, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. <laughs> I always think of that when I see people, you know, when you, people trying to keep up with the Joneses. Like, I wonder if they're in debt up to their eyeballs. You know, and that's really the warning. As far as having a credit card, I think, you know, it's good to have for emergency purposes. You know, if you happen to not have an emergency fund and you want to use a card, it's good to use if you want to rack up points. Like Kathy just said, she or she knows someone who makes a charge and pays it. I do that every once in a while. I know if I have a big purchase, I'll use my credit card and literally immediately go to my car and make the payment. It's just because I wanted the points. I get cash back on my American Express. There's a lot of times and we all fall into it, or at least a lot of us, I know I do, where you say you're going to pay it off and then you don't or you don't realize that, you know, two or three things, you know, 100, 200, 300, 70 dollars here and there will add up. I, I know there was a particular month where there were definitely a lot of it was around Christmas time. There were a lot of purchases on my card. And at the end of the month, when I sat and realized how much it was, I actually took out the calculator and started adding things up because I couldn't believe that that it was up so high. And I knew there was just no way like in my mind, I was going to pay it at the end of the month and then you just don't. So, you know, the warning again is that you're realistic about what you can and cannot pay off. On top of that, there's the fact that if you only make the minimum payment, you're really not making a dent if you have a high balance. One of the warnings is to make more than the minimum payment, which, you know, Kathy's going to go over in a little bit, but it's very important that you do that. So again, the warning is just paying that minimum payment, what you intend to pay off and really just letting that balance start to snowball to the point where you don't even know where you spent that money. And you know what? It's not uncommon in any way that you make your purchases and you pay off what you can and then you have a balance associated with it. And I just want to talk about what does that balance actually mean to you? One of the things it means is if you don't pay anything more than your minimum requirement after one year, you're still going to owe that original amount. So if you owed $300 and all you ever did was pay your minimum amount, which by the way, is just the interest you owe in general, at the end of a year, you're still going to owe about a $300. So you'll have made sort of no dent in, in what you owe. Again, it's personal experience with family that that's the case, that they were surprised that a year later, they still had the same amount due. Well, and in addition to that, that actually brings up a really good point. I have had my Kohl's charge card for quite some time. And when we record, we do a video when I'm actually wearing my Kohl's shirt, which just reminded me. (laughs) Kohl's actually does something pretty cool. And unfortunately, it's only for those of us who have been grandfathered in. And I've had my card for 20 years or so. You've got your minimum payment. And then they have an actual minimum payment to avoid interest. Oh, what I do is I pay my minimum payment to avoid interest amount because there's no sense in using your card to save 15, 20 or 30 percent, depending on what you you know scratched off on your your ticket there. If you're only going to make a minimum payment and now rack up, like Kathy just said, the interest charges and never really pay that balance, you're obviously going to lose in that situation. But what you can do if you're one of these, you know, one of the lucky people that are grandfathered into the the Kohl's situation, and I don't know if any other stores or credit cards do this, pay that minimum payment to avoid interest. And that way you're keeping your, your deal and you are paying an affordable amount. And I 
if I'm not mistaken, and unfortunately I didn't check this before we recorded, but maybe 30%, it might be 30% of the balance. I mean, it's something quite reasonable considering, I mean, how much can you really spend at Kohl's? <laughs> I mean, I know I can, but I'm just saying, you know, I, I, I don't think it's any more than 30% of your balance that they, that you can pay, which is, which is a great deal. And it's, and it's great customer service, right? The, just like what we're doing right now, educating somebody so you can see what the difference is right there on your credit card statement. I think that's terrific. So I'm just going to talk again about the interest and if you're leaving a balance and just be a little bit more mathematical for just a second. So again, that, that APR stands for annual percentage rate, but hopefully you're not leaving it for a whole year and they realize that they want to charge you each month. So if your interest rate was say 16%, they're going to take that 16% and they're going to divide it by 365, the number of days in a year. Then with that number, you're going to end up with 0.044. And that's how much you're going to owe per day. So if you are going to pay it all off next month, they're going to do the 0.044 times the 30 days. And then that's what you would owe to be able to pay off your credit card. But if you didn't do that, what they would add to you after the 30 days is basically 22 cents a day. And so at the end of the next month, instead of owing $500, you would owe $506.60, which $6.60 isn't a huge amount, but that's going to continue to go up every month that you don't pay it. And it doesn't go up on the $500. So it's not another $6.60 each month that 506 is going to be included in the calculation. So you can see that that number starts to get bigger and bigger the longer you leave it. So sometimes life situation is we have to leave it. Being aware of the fact that it's going to continue to grow and that's going to be harder for you to pay down. The amount is only charged on, again, what you did not pay. So if your bill was $1,000 and you paid 500 of it, that 500 is paid. It's it's good. They're, they're going to calculate it on the remaining 500. There are also sometimes variable interest rates, which means they can change from month to month with the prime interest rate. And that's set by the government. If you have a variable interest rate, you need to be very careful that you are aware of what is the interest rate, because if it starts to go up quickly, it's going to snowball. You're going to owe more and more and more. So you might only be able to get a variable interest rate for whatever reason. But as soon as you can get a set interest rate, that's probably a better idea, especially because if you're coming back after bankruptcy, it might be all that's available to you. And obviously, you're trying to do your very best to be on top of your finances. So I just want to make sure that that's talked about. Another benefit of credit card is a balance transfer. Unfortunately, right now, at least for me, I don't know about anyone else. I don't really have any good balance transfer offers available due to the current state of the economy, I'm assuming, because I always have balance transfer offers available. A balance transfer offer is where they agree to basically take on another bank's debt. Meaning if you owe Visa, for example, $10,000 on whatever bank. And there's another bank, let's say American Express, will take that balance and charge you zero interest for a certain amount of time. You can transfer that over for a fee. It's usually either a flat fee or a percentage. And you've got that offer for that amount of time. Now, the good thing about it is if you're trying to pay off your debt, this is the way to do it. It's basically, you're not paying to have this debt and you can pay it off quicker so you don't have the interest mounting. The negative part of it is if you don't pay it off at the end. Unfortunately, that debt will probably have a really high interest rate. For example, like I just said, 
I don't have any offers available. What I really meant to say, I don't have any good ones available. The one I have available is that I want to say 18.99, which is just a ridiculous amount to me because my regular interest rate is lower than that. So my point is, is that if you're going to do a balance transfer, you need to make sure that you've got a plan to have that paid off before that offer expires. Another offer may not be available to you. So you just want to make sure that, again, you've got this plan, you pay it off, or that you just know that at the end of that, that you're going to start paying this this high interest rate. The only other thing that she did say that you do have to be concerned about is that you're going to pay a fee to make that transfer. So make sure that that fee is in your head as well when you're calculating if it's worth it to transfer your money over. There's also no interest offers. So cards might offer this as an incentive for you to make a very large purchase. I know Apple Computer, for example, will give you a no interest credit card for, I think it's 18 months or something like that. So you have to make sure that you are paying it off before you get to the end of those months. So for example, you're buying something for $5,000 and you're going to pay for it over time. And let's say that you're going to interest freeze for a year you should be calculating, dividing it by 12 and making sure you've paid it off in a year. If you don't pay it off, they will take all the interest that you were not accruing and immediately apply it to your purchase. So you could have been paying it down, paying it down, paying it down, get to your last payment. You're late one day with that last payment and all the interest will show up on what you owe and you will owe that money. Personally though, If I do something like that, I don't divide by 12 because I don't want to get stuck with being late for any reason. I divide by 11. If I take that $5,000, divide it by 11, can I make those monthly payments? And if so, I will take their money for free for those 11 months and be able to use it by purchasing whatever the item is that I need. And to kind of piggyback on that, there's also something called a teaser rate, which is basically an introductory rate that is offered to you when you're trying to get a new card. And this is usually something, an offer you'll get in the mail. But due to the Credit Card Act of 2009, it actually requires that these introductory periods be at least six months. So what happens is you'll have that six-month period where you'll have a low or a zero rate. And then when that ends, the APR will go to a higher rate. Did you know that there were over 10,000 credit card transactions a second around the world? So this is a way of life. People are absolutely living this way. We're getting the advantages of getting the points or getting the miles. And there's no reason for us not to take advantage of that. Obviously, the goal, though, is to make sure that whatever you're buying, you're able to pay down each month and pay off each month. The other thing is, I didn't know if you realize that those numbers at the beginning of a credit card number, like 6001, they they have a meaning. So if your credit card number starts with a one or a two, it means that it's part of an airline credit card. If it starts with three, it's part of a travel credit card. Four and five are part of banking credit cards. Six is merchandise and banking. Seven is a gas credit card. Eight is a telecom And nine is a national standards body, which I'm just going to tell you, I looked it up and I still didn't understand what that meant. But for example, (laughs) all American Expresses start with three, all Discovers start with six, all Visas are four, MasterCards are five. So there is a banking policy there as well as with those credit cards. Good to know. I didn't know that, but I do know my Amex starts with a three, so. (laughs) It worked. All right. Thanks for listening to Finances and Credit Cards. We know you chose to listen today and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share. It means a lot. Please let us know what you think on Facebook or by going to our website at financesand.net. 
Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, we went to school, so you don't have to. 